It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. With the great John Schuster, I am merely Mike Luke. We have got a lot to get to today. Um, again, hopping on right now. Arizona with a season record or a season record, a school record for points, 117 to 75. Shu, watching this game up close. Um, one thing I'm going to tell you, and you said this from day one, there's a lot of good stuff to get to. But the first thing that you notice about this team is and you talked about this early on the spacing the passing how every angle is utilized by this squad is absolutely outstanding and you saw that on full display in this game i think it's a season record by the way of points in an opener for arizona oh is that okay so uh the, the 117 performance obviously very good for arizona cats got off to a quick start I think at one point had 14 assists to their first 17 baskets. If Arizona's doing that offensively, things are progressing pretty well. And spacing is something that they seem to understand and pick up fairly quickly, which is nice to see in a Tommy Lloyd style offense. Beyond that, and I think one of the things that's going to be an issue when they get up against a better competition is how good are teams against them in matching Arizona's bigs' ability to get down the floor right. in the fast break. Because I think Arizona's going to do pretty good on the glass. With the size of this team, they should. And if Arizona can do that and they still have a bigger two who can run the floor pretty well, then uh, you know they're going to be able to score in transition quite a bit and put pressure on the opposition. It's the ball movement. It's their size. Uh, it's their willingness to be unselfish. Spacing, as you talked about, and also their ability to score willingly in transition that uh, gives Arizona, uh, you know, makes Arizona a problem, at least on the offensive end. And so far in two games against inferior competition, they've played pretty well on the defensive end as well to make a lot of that happen. Were there too many turnovers tonight? Yeah, but this is a game... But but this is a game that was never in doubt, and Arizona had a lot of individual. In addition to 117, which is filling the stat sheet from a team standpoint, there were a lot of individuals who had stat filler nights too. Yes. All right. So let's talk about the big men up front, as you affectionately call them, the four peaks. Um, Azulis Tabellis, uh, all eyes were on him. I felt pretty much all season, well, all off season, that I think he needs to be the best player on this team. I don't necessarily need him to be the crunch time guy, but every game I need him to be able to get 18 and eight, something like that. 
And I think you saw a quick, I think you saw a decisive, and I thought you saw a good finishing to Bellis. Again, this was a small team in Nichols, not Nichols State that Arizona was going against. But I liked what I saw from Zoo, and I liked what I saw from him early. It looked like they made a concerted effort to get him the ball and get him the ball quickly. There are three guys on this roster from last year, Mike, that I think fall under that category of uh, individuals who took the offseason to get into a different kind of shape that allows them to be a little bit more athletic and a little bit more cohesive in regards to understanding what it is they want to accomplish and then being able to get it done. In addition to Tabellus, Larson does a lot of that. And I think Ballo uh, is another guy who uh, seems to be effective, reasonably effective so far in that regard as well. And perhaps coincidentally, but we'll see how it plays out as the season moves along. You've got uh, three guys tonight who had excellent individual performances and route to Arizona uh, having all kinds of success on the offensive end. Yeah, and Pella Larson's another guy, too. You can tell, you know, that he's just, again, he's kind of a, you can tell why Tommy Lloyd likes him. He's a pretty good shooter. He's a pretty good finisher. He doesn't do a lot of dumb things out there. Again, I don't know exactly what my statistical expectations are for him, but Pella Larson looks like a Gonzaga-type basketball player. Not an elite-level Gonzaga-type basketball player, but a guy that is always in the rotation right there. You know, up in uh, the East Valley, they have a place called Ikea. The place uh, called Ikea yeah, has uh, Swedish meatballs. Down in Tucson, we have a Swedish pinball. This guy, this guy never fails to <laughs> be on the ground, get contact, just, you know, bouncing all over the place. And, and yet, he always seems to, more often than not, he seems to figure out he's a frustration for the opposition and he's an irritant that are constantly mystifying. He gets done what he wants to get done on a pretty consistent basis. It would not surprise me. And he had one of those games tonight. It would not surprise me if Larson is a 15, seven and five assist guy. Uh, right. That is, that is a line that I don't think is out of the, a realm of possibility whatsoever. He's, uh, you know, and, 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 and he's maybe the one guy on this roster who you feel pretty good about defensively against better opposition. Now other, other guys may show to be very good defenders as well and uh, change that dynamic a little bit, but in the early stages, it looks like Larson is a little ahead of that game. And I think to a large degree, we're going to have this conversation a lot, Mike, where he isn't really noticeable but then you look back and you're kind of perplexed that he had the line that he did. I got to talk to Jacob Franklin real quick because I also had to talk to some other people about this. I know that, that Google says that it's Nichols State. They have changed their name to Nichols. They made a big deal about that in the media guide in the presser this week. I think it sounds dumb, but it is Nichols, believe All right. it or not. Well, they'd be better off if they learned how to stop on a dime. <sighs> Terrible. Well, there you go, Jacob. All right, Scott Schlittenhart, the great Scott Schlittenhart said, is this team a better shooting team versus last year's team? It's an interesting question because you look at uh, you look at last year, Ben Matherin was kind of your jack-of-all-trades guy, could score at all three levels. But you look at this year's team, especially with the spacing. We got Adama Ball, who we're going to get to. Kirk Creasa looked very comfortable shooting out there. Pella Larson as well. Cedric Henderson also uh, was a guy who, you know, I, I like Cedric Henderson a great deal, and we're going to talk about him uh, going forward. But with the spacing, it wouldn't surprise me if this team shot a better percentage from three. It really wouldn't, Shu. 
I don't know. Uh, I, 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 that's, I a think, skeptical, that's a skeptical response. From yeah, I think I think there's a chance they may be a better shooting team only because they get so many cheapies at the rim, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, I think Arizona, like last year, is going to be among the nation's leaders in getting two-point baskets. That's fantastic. They're going to score very well to get good looks because of the way they move the ball, and they're unselfish. That's great. Are they a good shooting team? I'm not convinced that's the case whatsoever. And I think once they're challenged from three-point range, uh, we're going to find out uh, just how inconsistent they are. I'm not sure that that's a part of the game that I expect them to be. They're going to have to be an extra pass or an extra second-pass open three-point style of unit where they do a lot of damage on the inside because they're so big and force teams to collapse on them and then be able to hit relatively open relatively uncontested threes overall from beyond the arc. I really don't expect them to be that good, but with the lineup that they have, I hope that they're good enough to keep teams honest, uh, which would help to open up the inside. I suspect in the not too distant future, and it's kind of ironic or coincidental here. uh, The former coach of Arizona, who's now at Xavier has a defensive style that I could see Arizona seeing a lot this year. They're going to get they're going to get packed inside quite a bit to try to double down on some of these big guys to make it a little bit more difficult, because in one on one matchups across the board, that's going to be a problem. So Arizona is going to have to be able to, again, keep teams honest from the perimeter. And at this stage, I'm not convinced how well they're going to be able to do that. But I hope that Scott's onto something and that Arizona proves me wrong. All right, Ben Blicklin. Great name, Ben. We appreciate you hopping in here, my guy. He said, let's go, Cats. Beautiful team wins. All of the guys looking like they're ready to take the next step. Tommy Lloyd is showing why he's the best coach. He will get us there. Uh, Bear down, baby. Back the A, as some people might say. Either way, it works. You know what's really, uh, I think, is really impressive about this? And we got a whole bunch of comments we're going to get to. Tommy Lloyd, I think, has a very, a lot of people look at stars and recruiting and, you know, bringing in all these people. There's a little bit of loot in Tommy Lloyd in that I think we might be overlooking the fact of internal improvement because a lot of times when guys got here under Sean Miller, they were kind of the same dude. Now, there were guys that improved, but they were kind of the same guy when they got when they left. I think you're going to see guys and I think you're going to see internal improvement be a massive part of what Tommy Lloyd wants to do. That's an excellent point. And uh, if Arizona can do if the program is good at doing that sort of thing, then Arizona is going to be a little bit ahead of the game. I think they're always going to be they're They're consistently going to be undervalued from a recruiting standpoint, only because uh, Lloyd is uh, uh, so entrenched on what's happening uh, globally. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, in if if an extra year in the program is something that works very well for them, then yeah, I think you can see some good improvement from year to year from uh, some players who you hope are able to do that. You know, we're in year two. We're going to find out is a ball up to the challenge. Is Larson significantly better uh, there? You know, how, how much better is Tabellus coming into the year this year? How much better is Ballo coming in? We're going to have some anecdotal evidence here. And and it gives us an opportunity looking at the potential of some of the other players of what we may be seeing in the offing. But obviously, so far, so good. All right. A couple things. Got to tell you about OGs. All right. Here's the deal. OGs has agreed to a new deal with PHNX. Terms of the agreement weren't released at the time, but sources close to the two sides say we're immensely excited and looking forward to creating more great content with the brands. 
As always, you can find them at your local dispensary. Must be 21 and up to enjoy. I'm going to be up in Phoenix, and supposedly there might be giving me some OGs up there. OGs obviously is uh, one of the best gummy brands out there. Again, 21 and up. Uh, great things going on there. Super happy that they've hopped on there as well. So again, OGs, again, very happy to have them as part of the PHNX family. And the Four Peaks. Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of phnx sports now you might say where can i find four peaks i live in tucson great question you can go to the tap and bottle watch parties for the away games downtown and that's where you will find four peaks all like i said all kinds of great stuff with four peaks you go down uh, they got the tempe location as well you can go in there they got good deal they got great deals you can leave there with all kinds of good stuff and on top of that you got watch parties there as well or Check it out, Four Peaks Brewery. Again, 21 and up, Arizona, or 21 and up. Enjoy responsibly. See show notes for more details. Okay, now, I want to talk a little bit about Adama Ball here. Um, I talked with Ryan Hansen a little bit about this, and we're going to get to, for, uh, we're going to, get to Robbie's comment in a second because I think it's a very good point. But um, I was curious what kind of jump he was going to make. Was he going to be a four-point-per-game guy? Was he going to be an 11-point-per-game guy? And to me, it was always kind of, can he make that Michael Dickerson-type jump? Now, again, I'm not saying that he's Michael Dickerson, but Dickerson went as a freshman from averaging four points per game to about 11, and then after that, 18, 19. Ball looks like a guy that's probably going to flirt with nine, 10 points per game here, John Schuster. He's going to, and I think in in critical games against better competition, Having him with the ability to do that really helps Arizona open things up and makes it a lot more difficult on the opposition. Ball might be the most important, in my opinion, player. I agree with that. This year. And uh, I think there's a lot in that skill set. Uh, he is like, like a lot of these. One of the things that Arizona does really well, the way that they move the ball and their unselfish play. Ball sees the floor, I think, exceptionally well for someone his age. Right. And finding the open guy, I think, is something that he can do on a fairly consistent basis. And if he can tap into the talent potential that I think he has, uh, that position could really be bolstered by Arizona. And I think it's one of Arizona's real question marks coming into this in, into this year. They've got such size on the inside. Correct. I think they're solid in the backcourt. I really don't know how they are at the wing position. I think right. they're okay. I don't know if they're elite. But if Ball makes a leap, I think Arizona can be a lot more well-rounded as a team. And uh, obviously, that's something that's uh, good news. And if that's the case, I think Arizona can be a real problem. Did the turnovers worry you at all? Um, Robbie, uh, Robbie, uh, thanks. Uh, obviously, a big fan of uh, Robbie. She uh, made the point, um, you know, turnovers. Turnovers were a little bit of a bugaboo last year for Arizona. Is this kind of first game jitters? You worry about that a little bit? Um, is this something they're going to work out? What do you think? Um, why don't you get back to us in about six weeks on that one? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, Fair question. If you're, and it's not, it's not, and the concern is legitimate but they were up 30. And so right. when you're up 30, you're, you're not necessarily surprised that they were a little bit sloppy from uh, time to time. And one of the things, and and this is kind of interesting. I was listening to one of the local radio broadcasts with our uh, pal, Steve Rivera. Mm -hmm. uh, last week, he was talking to uh, Brian Peabody, who's the head coach over mm -hmm. at uh, FEMA. And Peabody has changed his style pretty significantly. It looks 
a great deal more. They're not exactly parallel, but it's much more up and down. It's much more quick possessions. It's much more kind of in the Lloyd, the general Lloyd approach. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned as a result of that is that you kind of have to take the good with the bad. And sometimes you're going to force more turnovers because you have more possessions. And right. I think, or, or you're going to commit more turnovers because you have more possessions. And Arizona's up-tempo style is probably going to lead to that. Generally speaking, a relative rule of thumb is 14 or less turnovers. Mm-hmm. If Arizona has that number, I think you're going to like the way that they play. <laughs> you're going to want to win a lot but of games this year. Arizona's probably going to win a lot of games if they commit 18 to 20 turnovers too. Mm-hmm. Now, is that something that's going to happen in the NCAA tournament? You'd better as hell not be doing that. Uh, and you definitely want to get those numbers down in that regard. I expect better teams to press Arizona to see how effective they can be. Nichols doesn't have the athleticism or the size to make that work, but it was nice that they gave that an effort. Arizona's going to have to see how good are they against physical, legit physicality. I don't know. Right. Uh, there are there there are a heck of a lot of questions out there right now. They're dominating the inside. Uh, a, a team that size can do it, but you know, when they get bumped around a little bit or somebody can challenge them, and there are a lot of challenging teams on the roster, I'm looking forward to those games to see how Arizona responds. And if Arizona can't get into any rhythm at all and is throwing the ball all over the court, then, yeah, that could be a problem. All right. A. Ron, uh, A. A. Aaron, my middle name, by the way, um, says, uh, I know Boswell is young, but damn, he's going to be good. You can tell he is finding his place and doesn't want to go full ham just yet. I can't wait till he gets comfortable. I agree with this. To be honest with you, Kylan Boswell, just so everybody knows, should be a uh, senior or a senior in high school this year. He's coming off a foot injury, which I think a lot of people didn't even think he was going to be able to play until the next you know, calendar year. Um, you can tell again he 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 turned the uh, he you know he turned the ball over quite a few times, but you can all you can also tell too that Tommy Lloyd's probably got big plans for him in the future. Yeah, it, it appears that way, and it's and and in the last what thirty seconds ago we were just talking about Arizona's physicality. He looks like one of those guys who could fit that role a little bit, and I'm also looking forward to uh, the. Uh, transfer suspension when Ramey gets back on the floor here in a couple games. That's going to be not, I think that's going to be something that Arizona can benefit from as well. So you've had a little bit more of an opportunity to see him, but it looks so far like he's somebody who can uh, step up and hit some big shots for Arizona, which is good because the cats are going to have two or three guys on this roster with the potential to score 15 a game. Right. And then if you can go to a fourth option or a fifth option, and that guy's fairly consistent, uh, then that puts a lot of pressure on opposing defenses, and that's the kind of balance Arizona wants. And look at ASAP Duck one two three, great name by the way. Team moves the ball so well, it's beautiful. Thirty assists on thirty eight made field goals is outstanding. And you said that from day one because again, I'm not, you know, I'm not. John Schuster has always admired Gonzaga from afar, um, just because of the ball movement, the spacing, and everything. And uh, you were excited when they hired Tommy Lloyd about this, and so far it's come to fruition. Again, thirty assists on thirty eight made field goals is, is as ASAP Duck one two three said, absolutely incredible. Yeah, what was it, Mike, last year that for a good portion of the year, didn't Arizona lead the uh, country in assists and made uh, mm-hmm. made field goals? Yep. And and that I think this team has a very similar makeup. Right. The ball movement's good, and they buy into the system. And one of the things that I find fascinating about this system, and fascinating in that more teams don't do it, 
I think it's relatively easy. For sure, for sure. And it's it's either easy or few and Lloyd are excellent communicators. Because right. it doesn't necessarily appear that the Cats are lost all that often on the offensive end. It seems that they know how they want to cut, where somebody's going to be. They understand angles. They don't have any problem making an extra pass or two. And to a large degree, they also don't have a problem taking an open shot if it's there. And that's a delicate balance, and it looks like Arizona's able to do it yet again in the early stages. And they may be one of those teams that peaks a little bit earlier than some of the others, and then we'll see how once you get a once the opposition gets a general idea on how to try to defend some of those players, maybe Arizona levels off a little bit, but the Cats could be in at rates like this. And again, they've, they've played an exhibition team and a team from a smaller conference that just doesn't have the size and, and is overwhelmed in that regard. So Arizona did what it was supposed to do. Fortunately, about two weeks down the road, we're going to get significantly better competition and we'll have a little bit better idea, I think, as to what might be in the offing as far as this season is concerned. But I'm also interested if Arizona's a little bit ahead of the curve right now, are other teams going to be catching, uh, able to catch up in January and February and so forth? And how is Arizona ultimately going to react to that? But obviously, when you put up 117, Mike, it's so <laughs> far so good. I want to talk about Cedric Henderson Jr. for a second here. I think he was kind of a overlooked guy in the entire offseason. Uh, uh, off Again, came here from Campbell. Um, his pops played in the NBA for uh, quite a few years. Uh, played with Penny Hardaway at Memphis. Um, you watch you watch Cedric Henderson, and he's got a unique skill set on this team in that he's about six foot six. He's in very strong. You can tell that he's got a lot of position flexibility, especially on the defensive side of the ball or defensive side of the court. And he's been making his threes. And again, as we've talked about quite a uh, quite a bit. He put up 18 and 11 last year on Duke. He put up 18 and 12 against VCU, the two best teams they played. I like him. And I think even, you know, even when Courtney Ramey comes back, I think he's going to have a set role on this team all season, Shoe. And the set role, in your opinion, is what? I think he's going to play about 23 to 24 minutes per game. I think he's going to be a physical wing defender that can also play down low. I also think that when they go small, because I think there's going to be times when they go small and they try to go fast, and it's going to be a lineup where you got Creasa, where you got Ramey, where you got Larson, where you got Henderson, and you got Tabellis. I think he's going to be in a lot of different lineups right there because of what he's able to do. Boy, that would be a very interesting. How often do you think Arizona's going to throw that uh when you've got four big guys on your roster, how often are you going to throw out a lineup that uh, is trying to match teams with quickness? Even though Arizona already seems to be getting down the. My court guess is that he's well. going. My guess is that he's going to be too good to keep off the court. Now, I think it. Uh, you know, at some point, um, you know, if Umar Ballo forces his way out there. That's obviously a great thing, but I think Henderson's going to be a guy for quite a while. Um, Joshua, uh, excuse me, Joshua Monfort says, great point here. Henry Vasar, you will look at him out there, and again, just watching him from uh, you know back. You're not, we're not on press row. Media's back, but man, his wingspan looks like Coloco's. Again, he's not, you know, he's not Coloco, but he looks like he's got about an eight foot wingspan out there. Shoot. I think I think Joshua's right. He he looked mm -hmm. pretty darn impressive. He really and, did. And and in the television broadcast, Don McLean talked about how he isn't particularly filled out at this stage so he gets bumped around a little bit once he gets mm -hmm. on the inside uh which is 
an interesting thing to keep an eye on throughout the course of the year. I will buy into McLean's ability to see that as quickly as he did and understand what it takes to try to get a little bit more forceful in that regard. But in terms of overall skill set, he looks like a guy who can get a lot of minutes and play pretty well. He looks, I was reasonably impressed, you know, because a lot of the, you know, a lot of big guys look a little clumsy, Mm -hmm. a little clunky, trying to figure out, and Joshua talked about this, the footwork uh, scenario. It looks like he's there. There's a lot that he's understanding and is a little bit ahead right now. And, and that's a nice regular minute third inside guy that you can go to that gives Arizona a little bit of versatility. And even if they're up against physical big teams, not that it's the way you ultimately want to go about it, but it's also four extra fouls. All right, uh, Jacob, could we go to the buy the numbers right here? And let's see what we got right here because there's – all right, there's some good stuff here. Sorry, Ricky, your uh, your comment's going off the right there. You make great <laughs> points as always. All right, 50 rebounds to 30. That doesn't really surprise me a ton, mainly because Arizona was so much bigger. The 30 assists was very impressive. 61% three-point shooting, 71% from the, uh, uh, from the field. Uh, again, it could just be a one-off, but this team looked – Outside of the turnovers, and I realize I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth, this team looked pretty crisp offensively, Shoot, Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, and, and I think those numbers uh, back it up. Right. Um, yeah, it's not it, – it's sort of difficult to uh, criticize a team that put up 117. Right, <laughs> and, right, and, for sure. And, and those offensive numbers are illustrating just that. 30 assists, that's a ridiculous number. Right. Uh, and it's nice if Arizona could shoot in the neighborhood of uh, 41.1% from three-point range. I think that they're going to win a lot of games with that formula as opposed to 61-1. Uh, but uh, being able to shoot overall about 72%. And they were at that 72 mark pretty much throughout the game. Right. It seemed to be reasonably consistent there. There were, there, were, there were a couple points where things lagged a little bit. But generally speaking, Arizona was getting pretty much any look it wanted and converting them. Yes, and um, the one thing too, and I think David Matola, as always, makes a pretty or makes a very good point here. He says, "I'm confident in uh, determining that Vasar is going to be better than Kirk Walters." The one thing about Lute, and again, Lute, Lute Olson's one of the top 15 coaches to ever walk a college basketball sideline, so this is nitpicking. But it always felt like he got a project in here, and about 40 percent of the time it worked. 40% of the time, it didn't work. And there was a lot of Kirk Walters. There was a lot of Alex uh, Jacobsons. There was a lot of uh, Kevin Flanagan types that just didn't really look like they belonged out there. But there was also some guys that you brought that he brought in that looked different. Your A.J. Bramlett's of the world who looked out of place as a freshman and then became one of the better big men in school history, you know, by the time that he was done there, I look at Vasar, I look at Dylan Anderson, and I think these are guys that have a lot more potential than some of the guys we were used to seeing under Luke. Anderson is the guy who's behind the curve, uh, which is understandable. Uh, But I think the thing that's going to help him a lot, and uh, Olson coincidentally was one of the guys who talked about this on a fairly regular basis, is that when you have good competition in practice, the steps that players make behind the scenes are quicker than the public gets to see. Right. And so Anderson, hopefully, and I, th- I, I, I fear, anticipate that there could be games like this where Arizona's going to have to play the attrition matchup on the inside. And right. maybe under those situations, Anderson's a guy who really isn't going to get a lot of quality minutes this year, but mm-hmm. in a big game somewhere along the line might have to. Right. And if he can hold his own, then 
you know, that, that, that gives Arizona an interior that a lot of other teams at the college level just don't have, and it's helpful. Uh, so you're throwing out uh, Ballo, Tabellus, uh, Visar, and you're, that's good. That's right. right now, that's a pretty good interior lineup. And then if Anderson can get progressively better and just be there when you need him to be there, and you never really know when this is going to be. They have a Donnell Harris type that's, role. That's that's pretty much exactly that. That's probably the best overt comparison uh, for Arizona Wildcat fans you can make. If it's something right. like that, and you hope Anderson, uh, like some of these other inside guys, makes big leaps uh, and stays in the program for an extended period of time and has the patience uh, to do what I think Arizona believes uh, these guys ultimately can. All right, Jose, we're going to get to a point guard play in just a second, but a couple things. The tap and bottle watch parties. All right, great, great, great showing last uh, this past uh, Saturday. I had over 50 people show up. Very happy with everybody out there. Um, and it was a great time. Again, all the away, away game watch parties, tap and bottle downtown. We're going to have another one this Saturday as Arizona football takes on UCLA. So, again, downtown, they got Four Peaks Brew down there as well. Got a food truck. Got Mountain Mike's Pizza as well, a, a new sponsor of the show. But, again, come join us downtown, tap and bottle watch party. Scott and Rebecca, some of the coolest people you'll ever come across. And, uh, again, great showing. Love to see everybody out there again. I'd also like to tell you real quick. Do you know any procrast? Do you know any procrastinators, John Schuster? Not a single one, Mike. Luke. Have you ever procrastinated on trying to figure out a procrastinator? Uh, that's the biggest procrastination that anyone could possibly cr- procrastinate. Well, you know what? If you're a procrastinator, check out Game Time because we're all sports fans out here, and there's a lot of people that, for whatever reason, they don't really like, uh, you know finding their tickets early on, game time is there for you. They know the procrastinators out there. Not only that, they want to be able to help you save some money. You can get up to 60% when you get your tickets last second through game time. Again, check it out. The, um, excuse me, check it out. Uh, uh, game time, absolutely where it's at. Check the show notes and the link in the description. You can help PHNX out by getting your tickets through the link in the description. Game time is where it's at. Link right there. Appreciate you right there as always, Mr. Jacob Franklin, the tallest, coolest guy in the world. Men's basketball tickets are there as well, so check it out. Game time and the link in the description as well. All right, Jose Roman and then Mike Zaniga, great point uh, here as well. Uh, Jose Roman says, if you touched on point guard play, um, I thought Kirk Creasa looked good. Uh, what I want to see from him, first of all, I thought he looked more confident without the headband. Um, he's got to, <laughs> and again, I to me with Kirk Creasa, it's fairly simple. I need him to be able to shoot about forty percent from three, forty percent from the field, and we're good. I just can't have you in the low thirties for both of them. I thought he looked good there, and again, I think Kylan Boswell is a player that's going to be getting a lot of play at that point guard position. I was fine with everything I saw from them. I know Boswell turned the ball over but I'm going to grade that on a different curve, mainly because he hasn't played a ton and he's a he should be a senior in high school. The balancing game that I think Kreese is going to have as the season moves along, because he's a crowd favorite, mm-hmm. is recognizing and being okay with maybe being the number five scorer on this roster. Right. Uh, and, and, and instead of being a, the guy who a lot of people maybe in the offseason anticipated, well, they're going to need Creasa to step up. And, and instead of, you know, in these broadcasts already, you've been talking about Larson and talking about Tabellas and talking about some of the other guys as possible uh, people who can fill those roles. Haven't brought up Creasa, have you? Mm-hmm. Uh, yet 
Yeah, Which in yeah. a weird way is maybe a good thing because a lot of times when we're leading with him, it'd be from a kind of OW Levener experience or something. Uh, and uh, I think you're right. And and it's not that he isn't capable of doing that. I think you're right. He obviously needs to shoot at a better percentage. But if he's comfortable in the role of Arizona winning uh, more than he is comfortable in being the flamboyant guy who thinks he needs to hit big shots throughout the course of the game and maybe even lead the team in scoring that I think Arizona's a little bit better off. If he is um, wise about the shot selection that he takes, and it's a fine balancing act. Right. Uh, and if he can keep the ego in check a little bit, I think Arizona fans are going to be just fine uh, with his performance. And if he's good with Arizona winning basketball games, they're maybe going to win a lot more if he's shooting seven times a game as opposed to 15. Yeah, for sure. I think Mike, Mike Zaniga makes a point that I had somebody at the game ask me about. Is it possible this team plays better as a team than last year? In a weird way, not having an A-plus talented player makes them play as a unit. To me, that's it's an interesting question because I don't believe this year's team, and again, I would love to be wrong. You, you know, Again, I've been wrong many times in the past. I will continue to be wrong. Um, but I don't know that when you lose a guy, Ben Matherin, was one of the five, six best players in college basketball last year. And he proved it time and time and time again on the biggest stage. Christian Coloco was one of the handful of best defensive players. Arizona, I think as a team, can make up for some of that. But you don't lose two All-Americans, in my opinion, and replace them you know, with good pieces without really being the uh, – I, again, I don't know see that I, – I don't necessarily see the upside for the uh, last year's team, but – I could also see them being a better, maybe more well-rounded team. What do you think, Shu? Yeah, this is the classic uh, both sides of the coin type. Right. Uh, what you said, I think, is exactly right. There are going to be games this year that Arizona doesn't win where the lead is going to be, oh, boy, Arizona needs to find somebody who can hit the big shot at the big time. Golly, they don't have Ben Matherin on this roster. Right. That's going to be a theme probably recurring at some point this year. Is the comment right? I think so. I think Arizona, out of necessity, is going to be more of a quote-unquote team consistently for the majority of 40 minutes, but there will be times where you wish you had a guy like Matherin who could take the game over. Right. And just, and, and, and it's not- Because he was quiet. that dude, and we saw it, it time yeah, and time again. That's right. And, and Arizona's going to play some really good basketball teams this year who have good defenders- who are going to make it difficult for Arizona to find shots, and the Cats are going to maybe have to manufacture them either by getting it on the inside and hope you hit some free throws, or with putbacks as opposed on the offensive glass. But their ability, because they don't have a standout superstar, I think they're going to be able to look more like a level team. There's going to be also, sort of, mean? there's going to be sort of a plateau component about them in that you have instead of a one guy who can score 25 you're going to have four guys on the roster who can put up 15. You know what this team reminds me of a shoe and again um and I've talked about this quite a uh, quite a bit but this team reminds me a lot in 95 96 in that the previous year you lost Damon Stoudemire you know, one of the handful of best players in school history, Los Reyes, and everybody was like, well, you're going to come back to earth. And then that next year, you had Ben Davis, who was about 15 a game. You had Reggie Geary, that was about nine a game. You had Miles Simon, about 11, 12 a game. Michael Dickerson, about 11, 12 per game. Um, uh, Corey Williams, kind of in that eight to nine point range. You could go on and on down where you had so many guys
guys who were between about 15 to eight. And I don't know that there's anybody quite like Ben Davis on this team or like Reggie Geary, but I could see kind of that same type of contribution though. I think, I think Arizona is going to surprise us in the regular season. My concern is that because they don't have, for lack of a better way to put it necessarily an alpha who you can just feed the ball to on a regular basis or is just willing to break somebody down, that maybe that becomes a problem in the tournament. Uh, But, you know, we've got four months to get there. We might be surprised. Uh, A couple of the transfers that you've talked about who seem to have a nasty disposition might be players who can step up and hit some huge shots. Again, from a three-point standpoint, I think Arizona is going to have some open looks. And those are the types of shots that lend themselves to being crowd momentum type buckets. Right, right. I don't think right. Arizona has a pure shooter per se, but they can have, they've got guys on the roster who can hit relatively open looks if you're just pounding it inside because you have a height advantage. Uh, so Arizona has an opportunity to make some of that happen. Uh, and, and then maybe a lot of this uh, fills itself through. But I think the Cats' success this year isn't really going to be on the wing. It's what kind of success do they have on the interior? Because that height advantage is hard for a lot of teams to match up against. And and that's something going into the game, too, that you can't really – there's no way to really practice against height. Like you, It's funny. Like I'll give you my high school basketball experience, and believe it or not, it wasn't a D1-type experience. But when you would go against teams that you knew were going to be taller – bringing out the broomstick and bringing out, I mean, you know, that's, that's just not the same thing. There's no (laughs) real way to really replicate that. And Arizona comes at you in waves with the four peaks. Now again, it's more about three. I'm sorry. I just have a hard time saying that. doing it. I know I am. People think it's dumb. I don't care. It's four peaks. Kobe Thiel, if you're out there, this (laughs) is going to stick. But um, Azulis Tabellis, Ballo and Vesar and to a lesser extent, Anderson, you're coming at you're going six nine and above every single time, and you've got multiple of those guys out there. Yeah, uh, and, and and that's going to play a role. That's going to be a big deal uh, because just in the early stages, it doesn't look like Arizona has Arizona's really good, but I don't know that they have uh, superstar athletic uh, first team athleticism on the wings or in the backcourt. Right. I think they're good at the wing in the backcourt, but I don't know if they have a standout at that position. It's understandable when you lose a top pick in the NBA draft and another guy in Terry who turned out to be one of the better athletes, I think, not just in the conference, mm-hmm. uh, but in the country. There's a reason he was a top 20 pick. Correct. Uh, and, and and those are obviously, especially in the early stages of what Tommy Lloyd is trying to do, uh, difficult to replace. So Arizona isn't going to have the star power that it has. Doesn't mean they don't have guys on the roster who we're talking like Arizona's going to have has a bunch of guys who score 15 and 8. And generally speaking, I think that's probably right. But that doesn't mean Ballo isn't going to score 25 in some right. game and Tabellis isn't going to score 25 in some game and Larson might hit 30 or something like that on, you know, it isn't going to happen a lot, but it could happen every now and again. That's obviously a very real possibility. But I think generally speaking so far, what we've seen is that Arizona's strength is on the interior, which means that you get second shot opportunities. Uh, you get to the foul line. You put a lot of pressure on the uh, op- opposition defensively. And then hopefully from inside out, you're able to open some things up on the perimeter, keep teams honest in that regard, and your offense can flow reasonably well. 
All right. Also, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Codeword PHNX? I've vaguely heard about it, but one of the things that I've heard a rumor about is if you can uh, bet the uh, over specifically on what Arizona is going to score in the early stages of the season, I'd suggest that maybe that's a good idea. John Schuster likes to suggest things. I agree with him on that. Uh, Jose, we're going to get that's another great question right there. And Nate, you make a great point as well. We'll get there in just a second. But here's the deal with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Again, code word PHNX. New customers can bet and uh, $5 on any NBA team money line and get $200 if you win. That simple, that easy. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. Again, promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Again, like Schuster said, if you're like the, uh, I would like the over on a lot of things. There's a reason they call him the Tommy Gun out there. Tommy Gun's getting up and down the court, and he's running and gunning out there. So again, this is an ASU basketball. They don't struggle with Tarleton State. You don't have a guy and uh, Frankie Collins that's going eight of thirty-nine from the field. You don't have to deal with any of that stuff. Arizona basketball is what you want to bet on on the under DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX. All right, Nate makes a great point right here. He says. And this is kind of what I was getting to earlier. U of A can go super big and super small and still keep a blistering pace on offense. Defense, that's a tricky bit. But yes, again, you've got a lot of position flexibility with this squad. How often do you think they're going to go relatively small? You know, I think there's going to be times when they go small because, well, honestly, I think a lot of it depends on how good Ball or Henderson turn out to be. Um, Now, if Ball turns out to be a guy that is you can't really keep off the court or if Henderson is that guy as well, I think there's room for both of those guys to probably be getting somewhere between 18 to 24 minutes. I don't really know. I think it's going to be matchup specific. I get what you're saying. And quite frankly, I don't have the answer to that one, Shu. Um, how, what, what kinds of teams would you... UCLA. Like UCLA is a very small team. Okay. Um, they're, so they're you'd pe- go with a smaller lineup against UCLA because UCLA smalls put pressure on Arizona's size oh, only, and athleticism? Only if... That's a great question. Only if Ballo and uh, or Vesar looked out of looked out of place. Like we okay. saw that last year against Houston. We saw that against TCU. Well, yes, they were big, but they were kind of getting it taken to them by guys who were about six foot six, two twenty, something like that. If that's the if that's the case, I think you've got some options right there. But you know, that's kind of where I think it is with that. Um, Jose Roman. And Schuster, I've stolen what you said uh, multiple times about Courtney Ramey, and it's spot on. You're a smarter man than me, and that's why I'm going with this. He said, what impact will Ramey have on what we saw tonight? What will he add? Um, Ramey, you said, and I think you hit the nail on the head, where he said he looks like one of those Houston guards last year that gave Arizona problems. He's tough. He's physical. He can handle. He can shoot a little bit. He can defend. Ramey is a unique player on this team in that there isn't really another guy quite like him. Uh, and, and and I'm hoping that that's right. You've got you've mentioned a couple of the uh, you know the and, and Ramey falls under this category. Uh, one or two of the other transfers that you talked about seem to have that same sort of maybe the nasty streak that uh, an Arizona team could could use. Right. And and even when it's one of those things when you play a smooth, free flowing style that doesn't look aesthetically displeasing you so not sean miller you can't you, you what you trade for that is the interpretation 
that you're not physically tough. And there are a lot of guys on this roster who you can make kind of that proclamation about, at least from an overall concern standpoint. So if you have some attitude in the backcourt and on the wings, and Arizona just might, and Ramey maybe is the leader in that. I think that's a I think that's a great thing to have. And it gives you an opportunity against teams that are going to have to make things ugly uh, right. to try to be able to effectively deal with that. And uh, we get to see as the season moves along just how effective Arizona is with a variety of styles that are thrown at them. All right, everybody. We're going to sign off here. Arizona basketball back Friday and uh, we got a football game on Saturday. Big thanks to everybody out there. Tons of comments. Everybody that commented, really, really appreciate you all. Jacob Franklin, we appreciate you. I know that your ASU team won. Can't wait to play ASU. We'll put it to you like that. Um, but for John Schuster, I am Mike Luke. We've been, uh, again, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Everybody out there, thanks a ton. I'll be back with you tomorrow, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. Shoe, talk to you soon as well. Aloha.